0: Hello everyone. My name is Dr. Brian Thatcher and welcome to this podcast of Mercy Unbound. Today I'm going to speak with Father Peter, a priest from Poland who served as chaplain in the 90s for the Sisters of Mercy St. Faustina's Order, and we're going to talk uh, a lot about his joys and understanding of divine mercy through that experience. And uh, also Father travels the world extensively speaking on the message of divine mercy, St. Michael and the Archangels. I hope you enjoy the talk. Please share it with friends, and don't forget to subscribe and spread the good news. Thanks for joining. Hello, everyone. My name is Dr. Brian Thatcher, and welcome to Mercy Unbound. It's a series that aims to provide hope, an avenue for healing, and one that will help you understand and then live the mercy of God. With me today, I have a special guest. Father Peter Prusikevich, I hope I'm pronouncing that's okay, Father. He's a Polish priest. Uh, I just found out he was a Michaelite father, the congregation of St. Michael the Archangel, their community of brothers and sisters who choose Jesus Christ as the main object of their love, and they focused on the ethical and educational teaching uh, primarily of youth. Uh, They were founded by uh, Blessed uh, Father Bronislaw Markowicz, Uh, help me with that father uh, who is also a polish priest the congregation is one of 30 officially recognized groups of the salesian family we have the salesians here outside tampa father Um, they're operating in a number of countries including argentina paraguay italy germany belarus papua new guinea canada united states and more and uh, at the end of 2020, I read they had 35 communities, over 300 members, and 270 priests. In 2020, Pope Francis congregated, congratulated the congregation on its upcoming centennial anniversary and encouraged the members to continue to spread devotion to St. Michael. Uh, Father, I can frequently find myself praying the St. Michael prayer. Um, life can be a day of struggles. Um but we got a lot to discuss today. As I mentioned, you're a priest in the congregation of St. Michael. So let's start with that. Many of us know the St. Michael prayer, but how did it originate?
1: Well, as I, as you said, I belong to the congregation of St. Michael the Archangel. So very often the people ask me about this prayer, the importance of this prayer, and the beginning of this prayer. And I remember when we went to visit John Paul II, when he was alive, it was in the Jubilee year 2000. And we were waiting for John Paul II. He approached our community in Vatican. And instead of giving us a talk or a short speech, he started praying, St. Michael the Archangel defend us in the day of battle. So we joined the Holy Father, and at the end he said, Oh, you are the priest from the order of St. Michael. This prayer is very powerful. It used to be said after every Holy Mass. Say it often and teach other people how to pray. So I'm happy to listen that you appreciate this prayer. You discover its value and you pray it. And very often the people ask the same question as you, as you do. Uh, wh- where does it come from? How is it originated? So what we can say that that prayer was written by the Holy Father Leo Thirteenth after a vision. So he was in the Basilica of St. Peter. He said his Mass. At that time, He they couldn't concelebrate the Masses. So he was praying in one of the chapels where another Mass was celebrated by one of the Italian priests. And during this Mass, when he was doing his thanksgiving after the Holy Communion, suddenly the Holy Father had a vision. He had a vision, his face changed, and He was deeply moved, and he went to his library. After some time, he came back and and brought the sheet of paper with this prayer written in Latin, and he sent this prayer in a very vibrant voice, according to the witnesses. And quite soon afterwards, he asked his secretary to send this prayer to all the bishops and to ask them to say this prayer after every Holy Mass. There is always a question of what, what he was seeing. Actually, we don't know. Some, some priests say something about it, but the Holy Father haven't, haven't told what he, what he has seen in, 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 during this vision. So actually, probably he was seeing the fallen angels who were attacking the church but what is what is very meaningful to me is he that he addressed this prayer to saint michael the archangel not not to jesus himself but to saint michael so in my opinion probably also he saw saint michael the archangel who was successful in his spiritual battle against the fallen angels that's why this prayer is addressed to saint michael the archangel but, but later on we say and you by the power of god cast into hell satan etc 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 so i would say that this prayer is very precious because it has the divine roots it wasn't written in the office it was written Under the influence of a vision, which has been given by the Lord. So this prayer is the consequence of what the Lord was speaking to to the Holy Father through this vision. And at the beginning, everyone was saying this prayer on our knees. On our knees, it was emphasized after every Holy Mass, it was in Latin, then it was translated into, into other languages. So that's why sometimes there are different translations, but it really doesn't matter because St. Michael understands what we are talking about. He's, he's not, not only bilingual, he knows all the languages. That's why when we pray to him, he is coming to to help. So. This prayer has really the divine roots, and also it was written by the Holy Father, and we know what the, the Bible says, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. So it wasn't written by one of us, but by the successor of Saint Peter. That's why we should appreciate it, acknowledge it, and put it into practice.
0: Father, we have in our own family, I think, the most difficult right now spiritual battle that I've encountered in my life. There are many people who will watch this who are suffering and having trials and, and of all kinds. Would you mind leading us in that prayer? Yes, I don't mind. So let's pray.
1: St. Michael the Archangel defend us in the day of battle our safeguards against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and you, thou, the prince of the heavenly host, by the power of God, cast into her Satan and all the evil spirits who wander through the world, seeking the ruin of souls.
0: Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Father. Now, father, so you are a Michaelite father. What drew you to the order as a young man?
1: Well, actually, when you are a young man, you just follow your heart. If God wants you to be somewhere, he finds the way, how to get there. So in my case, I was brought up in the parish, which was run by the priest from the congregation of St. Michael the Archangel, as, as you mentioned at the beginning, we are a part of the Salesians family. So they were doing a lot of activities with us. So I got familiar with them and I like this spirit, spirit of uh, being with the young people, young children. So, but also they, they, they had very strict rules, no drinking, no smoking at all which was very important in Poland. And I like it. So I decided to to enter this religious order. Beforehand, I, I went on the retreat. Also, I went to Miejste Piastowe, to the mother house of our congregation, where our founder, Blessed Father Bronisław Markiewicz is buried. And somehow his spirit touched me So I decided just to, not to become a diocesan priest, but to enter the congregation of St. Michael the Archangel. So initially I didn't know too much about it. I was only 19 years old, but after some time, I was getting to know the charism and St. Michael became more important to me. So I've been to the congregation since 1980, 82. So, over 40 years, I've been at the priest for 33 years. I never, I never, um, never say that uh, it was the wrong decision. It was the best decision in my life because it was the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So, that's that's why I, 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 every day I, I, I thank the Lord for this vocation and i ask to be faithful and to become holy and to to fulfill
0: what god wants me to do in this life father you mentioned uh, to me in 1984 you had a profound spiritual experience while i believe you're on retreat can you share what that was about
1: yeah it's a very often the people are asking are asking me, Father, are you the, the mystic? I say, I'm not the mystic. Have you seen St. Michael? I say, no, I haven't seen St. Michael. Uh, but I feel his experience, presence, assistance, help all over me. But what happened in 1994, I was a young priest and I was leading the retreat for the young people. Uh, we in Poland we have the special movement which is called uh, uh, Light and Life, light and life. So I was leading the retreat for about 70 people and every day we we invited the lay people from different spiritual movements, different community. And one day we invited the, the group of the charismatics. Uh, the renewal in the holy spirit movement so they came to us and we were praying in in the hall because uh, church was far away and instead of giving us the talk what this movement was about they were they started praying and suddenly we experienced the presence of the risen christ in this hall We we didn't see Jesus, but he was there. And suddenly many people started crying. One girl said that her hand has been healed. And we were deeply moved inside us. So on the next day, nobody was quarreling. Nobody... was discussing. Everyone wanted to go to church to pray, to worship Jesus, and even in my heart. So I realized that my heart was praying at night, and when I started reading the Bible, suddenly I discovered more and more, even when I was saying the Mass, the letters and the words from the Missal became more alive for me. So I afterwards, I, I was checking what it was. So I, re, I have read some books and also I have listened to the talks of Father Raniero Cantalamessa and I understood that what happened, it, it was the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So the special grace given by the Lord, which is present in the Catholic Church as well. We don't have to go to evangelists, to Pentecost. We have the Holy Spirit in the same way in the Catholic Church. We have more. We have the Eucharist. We have the Blessed Mother. We have the saints, the angels. So the richness of our church is so big. And for me, it was a special grace. So each time when I go for the retreat, for the mission, I pray with the people for this grace. It doesn't come automatically. What we can do, we can only open our hearts, have the desire, longing for God, go to confession beforehand and ask. But many times uh, the Lord is distributing this grace to many, many people. So because I know what it is, I want the other to have the same same grace.
0: Now around this same time, if I recall, from '94 to '96, you were appointed chaplain of the congregation of Sisters of Our Lady of Mercy, the Order of Saint Faustina, in Warsaw. Did that open your eyes, uh, so to speak, as far as the message of divine mercy is revealed to Saint Maria Faustina? Yes, it has
1: opened my my eyes and my heart. It was a great blessing for me because I was a young priest. uh, For two years, I was working in the parish with the young people, but suddenly my superior said to me, oh, you will go to Warsaw. I want you to study psychology. And at the same time, you will be the chaplain to the sisters of Our Lady of Mercy in Warsaw. So I was living with the sisters at that time, they had a lot of vocations, so it was about 70 sisters in the convent. And as a chaplain, I, I was supposed to do the Mass for them, to, to do the Hour of Mercy. I, I had to preach three times a week. Also, they asked me to, to lead some talks, uh, retreats. So I had to do a lot of study to get to know more the message of the Divine Mercy. And also I was traveling with them. So very often they were praying the Divine Mercy Chaplet in the car. And I was asking them, why do you pray for the dying, etc. So they were saying to me, Father, don't ask, read the diary, read the diary. So they helped me to to find answers to many <clears throat> questions but above all first of all jesus somehow was touching my heart so i understood what it is the unconditional unconditional merciful love of god and then it was the time before beatification of sister faustina the, so the sisters took me to rome for the beatification Beatification mass. And also at that at that time, uh, the sisters were, were getting ready for, for that mission, that because Jesus wanted them not only to pray, but they became also the, the, the preachers, the evangelists. They started going to the whole world and to proclaim the the good news. And at that time, there were some sisters alive who knew St. Faustina personally. I do remember them, but when I was asking them questions how she was, they said, Father, she was very ordinary. Ordinary, but on the same time, she was extraordinary. So she liked chocolate, for example, yeah? She was cheerful, natural, she liked playing jokes with the sisters, very normal, but there was something exclusive about her, her very deep intimacy with the Lord, and it emanated from the hearts of, from uh, her heart, and it it touched the hearts of the other sisters. So, nowadays, we have the letters of St. Faustina, and we have another very good book the memories of about St. Faustina, which were given by other sisters. So a lot of information we can find out, but at the time, for me, it was something very, very, very new, very new. But thanks to it, St. Faustina became my sister. I have only one brother, but now I have one sister. Her name is Faustina. And later on, when I left the convent, I was working in the seminary in Krakow. Uh, but about I know I would say six years later, one of the sisters called me and she said, "Father, there is a job for you to go." What, what job? I asked her. Oh, well, because you were with us and you pick pick up some English, some people from Australia are looking for a priest to go to Australia and to do the talks during the novena before the Divine Mercy Sunday. And I we, we have suggested you. So next day somebody was calling me from Australia and I received the invitation to go to Melbourne, but I went to, to my superior and asked him what to do. And he said, don't be chicken, as you say, don't be cowards, be brave, go prepare the talks, so I was preparing all the talks for uh, a few weeks, and finally I went, it was very anointed time, so they invited me again, and then somehow when I was in England, they invited me to talk uh, in England about it, then I went to Scotland, next I went to America. So it was like the divine set up, like a chain, because somebody was suddenly calling me and, and he was saying, Father, oh, you've been to England, could you come to America, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So when I started coming to America, the first place was Hawaii, and I was invited by the apostles of the Divine Mercy from Hawaii, Eucharistic apostles. Uh, Rose Balayan, Rose he was, the, yeah, president. Yeah, he was the, the president, a very good lady, very dedicated. And then when I was here, I and I was attending many conferences, I got very good teaching from your place, from you, from the Marian Fathers, a lot of very good books and now websites. So for me, it's... Uh, is very beneficial i share what i have but i receive a lot more from from the the, the countries where, where, where i go but after that when i started talking about the divine mercy and saint Faustina, it is always a different perspective we have so many speakers but everyone has something new to say i would say and they I asked the people, why do you invite me? It's expensive. I should have to come from Poland. You have a lot of good American speakers, lay people, uh, the priests, but they say, oh, we want something with the Polish flavor, Polish flavor. And also uh, everyone can can say something new and it's always very refreshing, refreshing. So I, I know that this is the church what the church is about. We, we support one another. We, we influence the other people in many ways. So for me, it's like visiting the family. Everywhere I, I go, I feel like being at home and the people are very hospitable. And uh, so, and then they said, oh, well, you talk about the divine mercy. Why don't you talk? about the angels, you are from the order of St. Michael. So I decided to talk about the angels and also to spread the, our charism. Yes, to talk about St. Michael, to promote the scapular of St. Michael, to teach St. Michael's prayer and to do the consecration to St. Michael. But also I realized how many times the angels were mentioned in the diary of Sister Faustina, over 70 places, because there are only two places about St. Michael, but many more about different angels, not only the guardian angels. So sometimes I just do the retreat, the angels in the life of Sister Faustina. But what's more, we also pray. It's not only only doing the talks. Uh, A lot of prayers, we do the... Chaplet of St. Michael, the chaplet of the Divine Mercy, Holy Hour, the healing service. For me, the healing is a part of the uh, the devotion, because even as you know, when Jesus appeared to St. Faustina, Father Andras, the first confessor, was seeing that maybe Jesus looked like the doctor, medical doctor. He's bringing healing. And also when he was saying to Saint Faustina, I am sending you with my mercy to the whole world, he said, I don't want to uh, uh, punish mankind, but I want to heal it, pressing it to my merciful heart. So healing, spiritual healing, which we receive through the forgiveness of sins, but not only. and All kind of healing is a a part of the devotion, because as even you say that to be merciful, it means to be touched by the suffering, by the pain of another people. So when God's love meets suffering, it becomes mercy. So it's because the pain of us touched Jesus, he wants to heal us. So it's a, a part of the, uh, of the
0: apostolate, in my opinion father you know i i'm really amazed hearing this we we met years ago i believe in colorado springs at a conference but i didn't know there's a lot of uh intertwining of our experiences <clears throat> at that time you were chaplain 93 94 to 96 my wife and i made our first trip to poland in 96 to like Nikki, mother pauline was the mother superior and uh Yeah, it was February 22nd, which is my birthday, but Uh. Cardinal Makarski had set up a conference for lay people, and uh, how lay people could better spread the message of divine mercy. And living in Florida, but growing up in Ohio, I hadn't seen snow for a long time, and I still remember my wife and I throwing snowballs at each other uh, Mm -hmm. outside, and uh, that that was the same time that you were involved as chaplain. And uh, you mentioned the healing part of it. That's what I think. Even the beauty of our prayer groups are because people share and talk about what's in the diary. I mean, it's unbelievable, isn't it? What she wrote with such limited education.
1: Yes, it's really incredible, and it's a, a proof that it comes from God. Even when I when I look at the at the chaplet. We call it seven minutes prayer, so there is no excuse. You always can say the chaplet, but all 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 main attributes of God are included in the chaplet. You say, holy God, or, holiness, mighty one, omnipotence, eternal father, eternity, then in atonement, mercy, eh, sorry, justice, and have mercy, mercy. Five attributes of God, incredible in such a short prayer. And Saint Faustina had the nickname a theologian. Theologian, this is how the sisters called her because she was always talking about Jesus. It was her passion. And we talk usually what we have in our our, our hearts. But, but for me, he, it's a very fascinating story. Her entire life. And uh, uh, we read the diary, we all read the diary, but sometimes you discover again something new in the diary. So it's all always the book which is open for us till the end of times, because it's her mystical experience of what, what does it mean to be loved by, by Jesus. But also what Jesus is saying to her. It's... It's it's interesting for uh, for example help me my to save souls i thirst for the salvation of souls or also also praying for the dying and the success of praying for the dying sometimes we think that the praying for the dying is just to help them to die only to no it's something which is going on within them that they will turn to god and ask for mercy like like the criminal who was hanging on the cross next to Jesus. So it's really, really a battle for salvation of souls. And it has such powerful meaning. And it's so important nowadays when people are going far away from God, but we can save them and put them into the purgatory instead of hell because of our prayer for the dying people, for the dying people. Actually, we trust, we, we trust that thanks to it, we can save many, many, many souls. And when I was with the sisters, they emphasized that this is the aim of the Divine Mercy devotion. No, not only about us, about our healing, our experience, but when we say, Jesus, I trust in you, he says, to each one of us, I trust in you. Ryan, I trust in you. Peter, I trust in you. So he he wants us to be the apostles of the divine mercy, to bring souls
0: to, to him,
1: even by at the last moment before they,
0: they die. You know, Father, it's funny you talk about that. I, a few years ago, uh, I wrote a book, At the Bedside of the Sick and Dying. And as, as a physician, I, I had many people die in my arms. I took care of the sickest of the sick. Mm. And, uh, but back then, unfortunately, I wasn't where I needed to be spiritually. But this is a great work of mercy, isn't it?
1: Oh, yes, it's uh, fantastic. You, you know, prayer is always uh, an act of mercy. Sometimes we say, oh, well, what can I do? I can only pray. No, only not only this is the powerful thing to pray because when we pray we are in touch of god and for god nothing is impossible so prayer always prayer Uh, prayer is, is very very important nowadays because when we when we pray when we ask we receive if we don't ask we will not receive jesus said ask ask knock be persistent in your, in your prayer. And when the Lord was dying, he said, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they are doing. We pray, Father, forgive them even if they do know what they are doing. But because of our prayer, the mercy of God could be offered to them and they received the grace to, to, to turn to God, even two minutes before they, they pass away, before they come to him. So being with the sick, with the dying, usually many people ask us to pray because they are sick and their member, the members of their families ask us to pray for them. And we, we, we should continue this prayer all the time, all the time. And Sister Faustina, when she was in the hospital in Krakow, she said, I like, I like being with the dying, which makes me very happy. It's, uh, for me, it is very striking, because normally it's not easy to be with the dying people. Now, emotionally, it's not easy, especially when you have the members of the family and they are crying, they are very sad, but St. Faustina knew what was going on in their souls. That's why she was with the dying, and as we know, when she was in the hospital in Krakow, she uh, prepared some patients for confession, for going to the Holy Communion, even one Jewish lady was baptized in this hospital. So many things happened thanks to her, thanks to her presence and thanks to her her prayer. So I, I do recommend to pray for the dying people, to pray for the sick all the time. And when we do the chaplet, actually we pray in the plural number. Yeah, we say, have mercy, not only on me, on us, on the whole world. So it's a a very, very intercessory prayer. This is what Jesus wants us, because again, this prayer was dictated word by word by the Lord. He is its, its divine author. Uh, author. That's why, because of of from where this prayer comes from. It is so powerful.
0: You know, Father, as you travel, you see that people are hurting. The world is in some ways upside down right now. We live in troubled times. We have the devotion, you know, the beautiful image behind me, the Chapel of divine mercy. We have the beautiful feast day with all its graces. but yet we have to live the message also, don't we? Uh, forgiving others, trust in the Lord, being merciful. What's your favorite you know part of this whole message that you like to make a point to get across to people when you go out and speak there was an aspect of the devotion
1: well first of all i I think that the Divine Mercy message is, first of all, the proclamation of God's love. Because people change if they have something inside them. When they are, when they are experienced that they loved unconditionally, they know that how to behave. They have the power of the Holy Spirit within, inside them. I would say I sh- we shouldn't condemn the word. The words is the words. We are the salt of the, of the earth. We, we sh- I was supposed to evangelize the word little by little and to build the community of the church, the real witnesses of Christ. Sister Faustina, first of all, she wanted to go and to proclaim the good news about the divine mercy. So first of all, the proclamation, proclamation all the time. This is what I think is very important. And when it is anointed by the Holy Spirit, it's very convincing. And it it makes people thinking about it. But sometimes we think only about the people who go to church. But we, we can evangelize everywhere. Not only to distribute the Divine Mercy image, but we need to tell who is in this image. Yeah, I remember when I was in the Curacao, Aruba and Curacao, uh, the uh, Caribbeans, our congregation were there, there, and they sent me to the prison and they said, Father, you have 50, 50 cell, 50 rooms with two boys in each each room and you can go to visit them and you have uh, 30 seconds in each room. So what I was doing, I was distributing the divine mercy image. I was saying, this is the one who, who loves you, who died for you. You can always ask him to come to you, ask him for forgiveness and that's it. This is why I, I could do. So sometimes I think we, we should, do our best and trust that the Lord will do the rest. Will do the rest. But for me, proclamation is very important, and to make many people involved in this uh, group prayer groups, prayer groups for mercy for the whole world, because we know that Saint Faustina saved many souls thanks to the prayer. Yeah, we. This is. God doesn't send the angels. He sends the people. He sends each one of us. So I can do what I can do in in my area, in my area. And and trust, trust, because we know that uh, we had worse times in the history of the church. But, But when we pray, we we cannot predict what the Lord is going to do. Maybe the new Pentecost or whatever, maybe he will be speaking to us through, through different signs. Actually, as we say, let God be God, let God be God. Yeah? We cannot plan everything. It's not the strategy, it's uh, something more. The, It's that we are guided by the Holy Spirit, and he is more in
0: charge than we are. You know, I was thinking of a movie I love. It's my favorite. I I think it was made in Poland on St. Faustina's life, but it was narrated by a nun who lived with St. Faustina, and the one comment I remember was, I had a saint right in front of me, and I missed it, and Um, uh, yeah. (laughs) I, I think of my own wife, you know? Um, there's so many good people out there.
1: Absolutely, and we should uh, appreciate what we are given by, by the Lord. And as I said, we all are impressionable, so we need to be influenced. The, the, the early Christians had the principle Every day meet the person who is faithful to Jesus. Meet him personally. But nowadays we have media, we have YouTube channel, we have the books of the saints, so we can meet them in different ways every day. But it's important not to be alone, not to be alone, to be supported by one another in our spiritual life to talk to listen to feed our soul and thank thank god we have now even this conversation is like the zoom meeting so we can we are supposed to use make use of everything what is at our disposal to to bring people to god because some of them don't go to church they will not come to church soon but they can watch it they can think and the holy spirit is
0: working. Father, how would people reach you if they want to invite you to their parish?
1: Well, I would say uh, we have the the website uh, uh, because also I am in charge of the uh, Catholic magazine dedicated on the angels. We have done this magazine for over 12 years and the title is The Angels messengers from a loving God. The angels messengers from a loving God Catholic magazine. So if you go to this website you can find a lot of information, a lot of recording. So we have a lot of prayers, even talk recorded and also there is the contact. To me uh, we have the house in, in America, in in Gross Point Park near Detroit, Michigan, but okay. also because I live in Poland, I don't live here. I when I come, I come from Poland. We have the headquarter house uh, in Marki near near Warsaw. But if so, the best way is to to go to the the Angels Catholic Magazine website, and there are some emails and contacts number. Also, we have the lady from england noreen bavister and who is helping us all the time to coordinate so if it's it's god's will i am happy to come and to be god's instrument uh, to to bring the good news about god's love and about importance of saint michael and the holy angels
0: well father it's been a great pleasure and joy for me to have you on the show um I never realized we had so many connections, uh, and uh, I know you're doing great work. Keep it up, and uh, I hope to have you back soon on Mercy Unbound, and and people, I hope you enjoy the show. Please share it with your friends and contacts, and uh, subscribe, and Father, I do want to have you back again. You got so much more. We we just skimmed the surface, I feel like, today, and I look forward to seeing you back on Mercy Unbound.
1: Oh. Me too, and I, 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 I would like to thank you for your invitation. Right now, I am in the USA. I've done, I've done five parish missions, and I have three more in Encino, in Los Angeles, and in Oxnard. And then I am flying to Poland, but please God, back in June for California, and then again in October and in December. God's God's willing, but also I invite you come to Poland. There is safe. Don't worry. Come to visit the Polish holy places. I and love. I, I ask I ask you to pray for me and for my ministry and and see
0: you next time. Thank you so much. God bless everybody. We look forward to seeing you next time on Mercy Unbound. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel for the video portion. The podcast can be heard at anchor.fm slash drbrian B-R-Y-A-N, Thatcher, T-H-A-T-C-H-E-R, and on all the major podcast forums. I would love to speak at your church or conference, and please consider supporting our efforts to spread the truth to a hurting world. Thank you again. And for more information, go to the website at drbryanthatcher.com.